0: amen write this down we have been talking extensively for some time now under the head and trapped by your traditions being that individuals or believers who have still been bound as a result of the traditions of men we taught on that subject for about eight weeks we got into some very significant Truths regarding the traditions of men. One of those things, truths were that the traditions of men, those things that men have imposed beyond the Word of God, has made the Word of God of no effect in the life of the believer. So it's important that as believers we live in agreement with the Word of God, not man's tradition. Then, too, under that heading, we have taken on uh, another subheading titled Under Grace, where you say that, Under Grace. Amen. We know now as a result, this is the fourth week on that, under grace, and we know that we're no longer under the law, but we're under grace. We've seen this in Romans 6:14. And again, those of us who are new creations in Christ, you and I were never born under the old covenant system of keeping requirements and demands in order to be justified before the Father. We were not born under that covenant. Are you with me? We see this throughout the Word of God. Those things were types and shadows until the reality or the substance came, which was Christ. And once he came, those requirements were nailed to the cross. remembers this now do we keep we talked about the ceremonial laws we talked about the judicial laws we talked about the moral aspect of the law the moral aspect the moral aspect contains what we know as the 10 commandments and again there were some 613 some say 619 commandments that israel had to keep are you here But when we talk about the moral aspect of the law, we're talking about do not steal, do not kill, do not commit adultery, do not bear false witness against thy neighbor and so on. Thou shalt have no other God before me. Now, do we still keep the moral aspect of the law? Absolutely. But in keeping those things, they are insufficient to make us right before the eyes of God. Do not do them. Please do not do them. But just because you don't do them, that is not what justifies you before God. Jesus justified us before God. And when we understand that, again, grace makes us eager to want to do the right thing. So we were not born under that system of doing to be right. But what has been promulgated or preached throughout or what has been handed down, again, traditions... Uh, And we know that throughout the teaching that word tradition means things handed down. And we know that things that have been handed down, a lot of things that have been handed down in Christendom have not been that which or or has not been rightly divided in a lot of instances. Because much of Christianity, not all, has turned into a performance-based Christianity where we're justified, men of God, by what we do. And as long as you try to justify yourself by your own effort, you will forever fall up short. As a matter of fact, when you try to make yourself right, Sister Hill, by your own efforts, we either become very prideful or very depressed. Very prideful in the, in the fact that I, I didn't do that. I crossed every T. I dotted every I. God bless you, but that's not why you're right with God. And as a matter of fact, because of that prideful heart. Many fall into asceticism. Say asceticism. Someone say asceticism. Asceticism is when you try to become right before God by denying yourself or depriving yourself of various things, and some even to the extent of self-infliction to be right. And it doesn't work. And for those who don't measure up or feel like they can't measure up, they become very Depressed. Even so, when it comes to the message of grace, preachers have watered it down and are afraid to teach it because they think you're teaching living moral free. That is not the message of grace. As a matter of fact, we know that grace and truth came by Jesus. He was. Full of grace. Or he is full of grace. He is the embodiment, the personification, the realization of grace. So when we're talking about grace, we're talking about the man, Jesus. Do you need to see that? Will you put that up, Titus 2, 11 to 12? So we're talking about under grace. Write this down. Grace consciousness. We want to become more grace consciousness and not sin consciousness. Christ took away the sin consciousness. What do you mean? That feeling of guilt and condemnation. Watch this. And and we're so, some some are so sin conscious, sin consciousness is that, again, they're now serving God out of trepidation, out of fear, not out of awe and reverence. And they feel like, Brother Moore, if they miss it, oh, God's going to punish me. Listen, Jesus took the punishment that we should deserve as a result of not. We're going to see this. So, and see, you have to, you, again, we have to sit in this. See, you have to believe this, daughter, and sit in it and hold fast to that agreement. Why is this so necessarily important? It, it, if my flaw of God is wrong, then my presentation of him would be wrong. And that's why, see, when you are a sin consciousness believer, the gospel will always be presented from a condemning, judgmental fashion. And and we try to minister to people trying to get them to measure up, and and they haven't even received Christ yet. Are you with me? So we're talking about grace consciousness, and we know the word grace is the Greek word charis, which literally means God's undeserved favor, his unmerited favor, his unmerited love, God's enabling power. See, that's why we are able to, uh, that's why that grace, it empowers us. It enables us to do the right thing. Let's read this. God's marvelous grace has manifested, do you see this? Has manifested in person bringing salvation for everyone, being that everyone who believes in him a Savior. Because some misinterpret that as the gospel of inclusion or universalism. Being that everybody's saved, there's no work on your part, there's no believing, uh, everyone's going to go to heaven. No, this is, that is not what he's saying. He's saying salvation is for everyone who will believe in him as Savior. Not that there's no work in terms of believing. Are you with me? Okay? This same grace, here it go, we said grace makes you eager, right, to do the right thing. This same grace teaches us how to live each day, as we turn our backs on ungodliness and indulgent lifestyle, and it equips you like, oh, that go that enabling power us to live what self control, upright, godly lives in this present age. So, when you hear the message of grace. Talk correctly, you know that it's not teaching you to live moral free or live lawlessly or without any restraint. That is not that if if that's the message you're getting, it's an error. Are you here? Are you with me? So we want to become grace consciousness. Forever being mindful of God's goodness, his undeserved favor, man of God, his enabling power. See, that makes you eager to, one, and share this good news. And we learned through Apostle Paul that the gospel or the good news is the finished work of Jesus, and as a result, we're now seated in his grace. And that's what he taught, what, and we've seen this, the ministry of grace, this gospel of grace, what, the finished work of Jesus. And as a result, um, I get to experience his unmerited favor. Oh, you're not, yes, you are, you're getting this. And, 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 and see, why is this so important? And, and I want to go over this. I was thinking about this morning when I was in school of ministry. Apostle Price, he would go over, I mean, i like... Does he know he went over that verse last week? Two weeks later, does he know? Th- Let me get a dry hanky, sir. Does he know he went over that verse the week before? And I was thinking that perhaps he, he didn't know, but guess what? It was changing my thought pattern. See, teaching is repetition. And, and if I'm going to dig up old, rigid beliefs and mindsets that go against the word, I need to hear this word over and over, and over, and over until the trajectory changes, and I start walking in a different direction. So I'm in no wise trying to rush through this. I want you to get this. Why? Because when you've been taught the wrong gospel for so long, it's going to take more than eight teachings to turn the tide. So God is not this penal. Angry God. See, when you think God is, when you think he's this sinister God looking to beat you over your head every time you miss it, that is not the God that we serve. Again, when the writer talks about in Hebrews God chasing those whom he loved, that word chasing in Greek, it means to educate or to train up like a child. So when he says he educates those whom he, he loves, it literally means that God Educates when it says he chasing those whom he loves, it literally means God educates through his word those whom he loves. Not through, as we say, beating you down, half killing you to get your attention. And see what has happened, there's the mixture of law and grace. So on one end we say we say he's good, but by the conclusion of the message we tell you that if you miss it though, expect hell's damnation. And again, I'm not saying that there are no consequences behind making bad choices. I'm just saying don't say that's God when you on your own chose to do that. See, we're gonna let's 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 see the word, but but but. Individuals, and, and study will show you this, it, because there are a lot of people who are seeking psychiatric help as a result of the gospel being misrepresented, being religion. And again, when I say religion, we're talking about man trying to justify himself before God based upon what he did. Just this way, do that way, condemn you if you don't do this, condemn you. It, it, it is burdensome, just like the Pharisees, they put a, they laid a heavy burden on individuals. Now listen, they laid the heavy burden on the people. And they would not do what they taught them to do, a heavy burden. Are you here? A burden on the people. Are you with me? And when heavy burdens are laying on us, that affects us psychologically. Yes, it does. It absolutely does. And many are suffering great dep- depression as a result, men of God. Of, it, 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 it has not always maybe been intentional, but because there has been a misrepresentation or the gospel not taught correctly, many have been in bondage. We know this because of the traditions of men. And it makes the word of no effect. In other words, it loses its authority in your life when you are out of agreement with it. (laughs) Religion has also been shown to discourage, listen to this, and I know this to be true. Religion has also been shown to discourage the development of adult coping behaviors and the human-to-human relationship skills that enable people to cope in an adaptive way with anxiety caused by the stresses of religion. And and I see why so many adults are, are in jacked up relationships, especially Christians, because they have been damaged psychologically by preachers. Yeah. Preachers, medic- they have made the word of God of no effect because of their Tradition. So there are (laughs) preachers of the gospel, if you will, who are partly responsible for the psychosis that a lot of believers are experiencing. That's why some, boy, even, even, you know, from leaving to whatever, I mean, man, you feel like dirt by the time they get through. And that should not be the case. Are you here? We see. We you have to. You have to get to the fact where you understand When you say this. God is not mad at me. No, no. You have to say it like you mean it. God is not mad at me. I'm gonna show you this. Say it again. God is not mad at me. I am delivered. from God's judgment. No, no. See you. you, you Some can't say it, minister, because they've done heard the wrong. Say, I am delivered from God's judgment. And listen, don't let another, whoever, pull you back into believing that. And we're going to see what the word of God says. Say this, God loves me. You got to say it like, God loves me. And he treats me with undeserved favor. See, when you receive that, when the enemy try to attack you, you know this is not God. Why? Because he loves me. Why? why? Because I walk in uncommon favor. No, there's favor. So even in this, there's a favor. So this too shall pass. You hear? See, we again, we have been so uh, taught the wrong. Thank you. Don't lied to that. That we're forever guilty. If if you, I mean, if you have any kind of a bad day, that you just feel so terrible, like there's no room for error. That's too much of a burden for you to carry. He, uh, he is not mad at you, beloved. I don't know why that happened, but I know he's not mad at you. I do know Jesus said, in this world you shall have tribulations, but be of good cheer. For I have overcome the world. Then John tells us that it is our faith or our agreement with God that gives us the victory in the world. So walking in grace doesn't mean that things won't try to come against you. But it does mean when they do come, there's a favor. On your side. God's enabling power is working for you. <laughs> Are you here? He is not, uh, Oh, I, I thought I was going to cut it short but I, I, I may have to go at extra five minutes because you need to get this. Someone else needs to say, God loves me. See man, I, I'm telling you you got to let that sit man you got to you, you, you have to know I don't care what the enemy has thrown you you have to know God loves me this is not the judgment of God and he, he is not the one inflicting sickness he has taken sickness away he is not the one bringing doom and destruction you've been delivered from So we have to be grace consciousness, forever mindful of his unmerited favor, His enabling power. So, so when I say grace consciousness, men of God, we're talking about understanding what grace is and our position before God as a result of Christ's finished work. So when I say grace consciousness, I'm talking about you have to be mindful daughter of our position before God as a result of the finished work of Jesus. You remember last week we talked about position and practice, right? Who remembers that? So you don't remember. In Romans chapter 6, we said that Paul's argument in Romans uh, chapter 6 particularly he talked about the difference between the believer's position and the practice. His position is that he is now in right standing with God, uh, Brother Moore. That's our position is we are in right standing. We are seated in him, in heavenly place. See, that's positionally. You're presented holy, just. And above rep- blameless and above reproach before God. So we are in right standings positionally. But the practice is what we should be doing in everyday life. Are you here? So in other words, God's grace puts us into position. or Christ puts us in position. Why? Because He presents us holy, blameless. And above reproach. Why? Because we are seated in him. In heavenly places. Not next to him. We are in him. Are you here? So grace puts us into position. Listen to this. Then teaches us to walk worthy of it. We've seen that in uh, Second Titus, right? It makes us eager. So our position, listen to this, is absolutely perfect. Because we are in Christ. So he sees you in light of Christ's finished work. So he's not looking at you angrily or in an angry way. He's not looking to slay you if you miss it. Oh, see, Again, see, I've never heard this. You know, my last pastor said, man, that holy. Listen, beloved. We, We are holy. We are sanctified. Christ made us holy once and for all. Notice positionally, we are good. But every day is the practice in the sense of walking in a way that corresponds with our position. Uh, I'll say it again. I see you're about to write that down. Our practice should increasingly correspond to our position. So if he sees us holy, then my practice is to walk in a way that corresponds with my holiness. Who gets that? So it's not the practice that makes you Holy. Christ made you holy, and my walk just corresponds with what I'm already, what he has already made me. So that's why you have to stay in a, oh, uh, let me show you. Again, and I said this, even though our practice should increasingly correspond to our position, it would never correspond perfectly. Until we see our Savior. What I mean by that, you're not you're not perfect, beloved. <clears throat> I heard that. You know, in Matthew chapter five, the Bible says, be ye perfect. Even as Christ is perfect, in the Greek the word perfect means to be spiritually mature. To mature through a process of development. he's not saying be perfect in the sense of you won't ever miss it. That, that's an illusion. <laughs> so he's not saying, daughter, be perfect, in the sense of you won't ever miss it. That's not going to happen. It's not. It will not happen. Are you here? So we will never correspond perfectly in that you will never fall short. But we should be becoming more and more conformed to his image in the meantime. See, that's that practice, not practicing to be right. Just like James says, faith without works is dead. He's he's not saying works to be right. We, We know that no man is justified by the works of the law. But what James is saying, if you are a believer, it is identified by your good deeds, by your good works. So your lifestyle should correspond and look like the Jesus that you say you serve. Uh, Let's look at this. So we're talking about what grace consciousness. You shouldn't be sin conscious. Feeling condemned, man of God. Guilty. Just just feelings of guilt all the time. (laughs) Are you here? That was taken away. See, the, the only way we should feel that way is if we were, in fact, actually born under the old covenant system. And the reason why they forever were sin conscious is because the sacrifices that they made, they had to constantly do those things. And as a result of that, it always reminded them of their sin. Let let, let me show you. Hebrews 10. Did I say Hebrews 10? What do we say? No more sin consciousness, right? And to prove that in John 19, 30, when Jesus declared it, you can put that up, it is finished. The Greek word translated, it is finished, is the word testelestai, tetelestai. It's an accounting term, which literally means paid in full so when Jesus declared, or in other words, it is finished, he was declaring that the sin debt owed to his father was not only wiped away, brother Damien, but it was wiped away completely and forever. Watch this, the sin debt. So if the sin debt has been wiped away, there should be no sin consciousness because there's no longer a debt there to remind me. Ah. And he wasn't wiping away a debt that he owed the father. Jesus eliminated eliminated the debt that was owed by mankind, which was the sin debt. Minister K, if the sin debt has been wiped away, why am I sin consciousness? Yeah. There should be no consciousness of the sin debt. Why? Because it has been wiped. See, I need to be grace consciousness now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I I know. It, it, thank you. It's gonna take. It's gonna take us several more weeks. Ah. Yeah. Uh, uh, Hebrews ten. Uh, it's a lot of verses. Let's just. Take our time. Now, you got to remember one of the things that the writer of Hebrews is expressing to those uh, believers because many were still uh, bound by Judaism. But one of the things the writer expresses is that Christianity is superior than Judaism, to Judaism. It's superior than the law of Moses. Talking about Christ as the priest because it deals with him as a priest. Christ is more superior than the old covenant priest. And salvation in him is sufficient. Alone, not through the works of trying to keep some demands. Uh, Let's let's look at it. Verse 1. For the law, again, having a shadow of the good things to come, and not the very image of the things, can never, you see this, with these same sacrifices, which they offer continually year by year, make those approach what? Perfect. For then they would not have ceased to be offered. So if those sacrifices were good enough, daughter, they would, they would have been able to continue offering the sacrifices. But since they were not, were not they had to do it continually. Year by year are, are you here for then they would not have for then they not have ceased to be offered for the worshipers once purified would had would have had no more consciousness of sin what if that one time would have worked the sin consciousness should have went away but since it didn't it only reminded them they was always reminded of the guilt and condemnation but in those sacrifices there is, see, here it go right here. There is a reminder of sins every year. Verse 4, for it is not possible that the blood of goats, uh, the blood of bulls and goats could take away sins. See, you have to remember that the Old Testament sacrifices that prefigured Christ's sacrifice, now they could sanctify and purify the individual, but they could never remove sin and its guilt. Otherwise, they wouldn't have not had to be repeated. So they could sanctify and purify, but it could not remove the guilt of sin or the sin guilt. And see, you have to remember, the Old Testament sacrifices, they were able to make worshipers externally and ceremonially clean. But they could never perpetually and effectively cleanse from sin. So as to establish right standing with God, they couldn't do it. Are you here? Thank, someone say thank God for Jesus. See, Christ's sacrifice, however, really does cleanse from sin. It takes away sin and guilt. Listen to this. It takes away sin and guilt. It is decisive and does not need to be repeated. See, when he did it, he did it once and for all. You hear? So Jesus is the perfect Sacrifice who appeases God's. uh, Okay, here I'm about to show you. Jesus is the perfect sacrifice who appeases God's wrath towards us, toward our sin, that is. Are you here? He atones for it, taking it upon himself so that we might be saved by his wonderful grace of God through faith. So, because of what he did, we escaped. The wrath of God, as a result of sin. You, Lord, see again, see we, we. You let preacher people preach to you that ah, oh, you, uh, you know, buzz hell wide and open. You ain't saved. Come get saved. Well, if I got to keep getting saved over every time I miss it, see now I'm trying to justify myself before God based upon work. How many times do I do it? At what time will it be enough? At the hundredth time? Are y'all here? <laughs> let me show you something. So we said Jesus did what? He took away the sin. That. Let me let, let me pause right here and we're going to come back to verse 5, okay? Let me show you. 2 Corinthians 5, 21. Let me see it in the Amplified Version. Who's getting something? Listen, I'm telling you, it, some, somebody may have said it before. I haven't heard it, but and somebody may have, I'm sure somebody somewhere said it, but I'm saying it Holy Spirit ministered to me about 2 o'clock this morning. We have to become more grace consciousness. Forever remind yourself of God's unmerited favor, his unending love for you. See, are we reminded of that? Just think about some of the messages depending, again, maybe not intentionally, but just because in one of the fallacies among men, Rather than studying for themselves, they just repeat what what was heard. <laughs> he, man, he, 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 that's why you shouldn't be so quick to preach another man's sermon. You better study. <laughs> that stuff handed down. Just, just won't study for themselves, man. of God, just, just 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 believe it because he on TV or she's on TV. He made Christ, who knew no sin, you see this, judicially be sin on our behalf, so that in Him we would become the righteousness of God, not by what you do. That is, we would be made acceptable to Him and placed in a right relation with Him by His grace's loving kindness. Now, let's go back to Hebrews 10, verse 5. Therefore, therefore, when he came into the world, <laughs> talking about Christ, he said, sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you have prepared for me. In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin, you had no pleasure. See, that wasn't his original intent. Then I said, Behold, I have come in the volume of the book. It is written of me to do your will of God. And we know that it is finished, right? Previously saying, Sacrifice and offering, burnt offerings, and offerings for sin you did not desire, nor have pleasure in them which are offered according to the law. Verse 9. Then he said, Behold, I have come to do your will of God. He takes away the first. Talking about the old covenant. And establishes the second. And we've seen throughout the season, Christ is the fulfillment of the law. He ended the law. He is the end of the law. We, we've seen that also. Verse 10. By that we will have been sanctified or made holy through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ how many times? Once and for all. Not over and over again, if you miss it. Because of what he did, you've been sanctified, set apart, deemed as holy, once and for all. So positionally, you are good. But our practice should constantly correspond with our position. See, and and when you understand that, Even when my practice isn't somewhat on point, because of my position, I am still good. Oh, man, y'all, that's hard. (laughs) I don't think that. So even if I fall short, man of God, positionally, God still sees me holy. Blameless, daughter, and above reproach. If you believe it. See, we're going to see that. You have to, see, you can't get condemned. Because Holy Spirit, now he will convict you, but he doesn't condemn you. Are you here? Verse 11. And every priest stands ministering daily and offering repeatedly the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins. How long? How long? Why do you keep going back? He's, he's forgiven you. Amen. One sinful. Forgive me my sin. 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 I did that once and for all. Yeah. Y'all. Come Come all right. He said, that matter has been settled. Why you me. Understand your position. Now get up and walk back. Go see. Ahead. Y'all. Listen, listen, man. You getting us? up. See, see, I, see, that, that's telling me somebody's getting this. For by one, what, what verse are we on? I don't know, was it verse? Okay, verse, verse 11. And every priest stands ministering daily and offering purely the same sacrifice which can never take away sin. Verse 12. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down at the right hand of God. We've seen the last couple of weeks, where are we seated? In him, where? In him, where though? No, no, we're seated in him, but where are we seated in him? In relation to the Father. Oh, thank you. Okay, yeah, okay. So, 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 not only is he at the right hand, you are in him at the right hand. Uh, that's why you shouldn't trip when you fall short. Because he, you are in him. So when he looks to the right, he doesn't see you. He sees you in light of his son. Uh, but this man, after he had offered once, uh, one sacrifice forever, for sins forever, sat down at the right hand. From that time, waiting until his enemies are made his footstool. Verse 14. Watch this. For by one offering, he has perfected forever. Those who are being grace. sanctified. Will, will you say grace? Consciousness. Grace. See, see. Again, you have to sit, Crystal, in this position with confidence. So we have to sit, sit confidently in our position before the Father. I'm telling you, Miss, because those old habits to make you feel like. They'll try to get you out of your seat. Yes. Well, how do you call yourself a Christian? You done said a bad word. <laughs> because I'm seated in Him. And since I believe that, that talk will get cleaned up as I keep practicing yes. who He called me to be. Yes. Because He dealt with that once. And for all, oh, I, I can't say this enough. You have to know, beloved, that God is not mad at you. I, I, say it again. God is not mad at me. He is madly in love with me. Listen, you have to know that you are delivered from God's judgment. He's got real quiet. You have to know that you are delivered from God's judgment. Will you say this, I am delivered. From God's judgment. See, because of Christ. You have to believe that. I'm telling you, you go out here thinking crazy stuff and you you don't want to be bringing no nonsense. Notice throughout this teaching, we've seen that Israel of old, those who didn't receive what Paul was telling those at Galatia. He said, when you don't receive this grace, you move, you sever yourself from God's goodness. When you still try to live based upon being right before God by what you do. Then he said, you put yourself under the curse. Again, the curse of the law where the penalties imposed on people for not keeping them. So if I believe that, you know, we can't look strange when crazy stuff you're not made right by God by what you do. You're not. Do right. Again, that great grace would make you eager to do it, but that is not what justifies you. You hear? You have to know that God loves you dearly. Let me show you something. Titus 3, 4, 9. Seems like I've been up here 30 minutes, but how long has it been longer than that? Can I give you a couple more minutes? Okay, Brother brother Moore, and everyone else, if you would like to exit the sanctuary, you are more, but Brother Moore, anybody else besides Brother Moore, let me, okay, I see, okay, a couple. <laughs> Man, you, this is liberating to me, hold on, knowing the truth, and you shall know the truth. Truth shall make you free or set you free. Knowing the truth. Say, ah, it's nothing against whoever. But when you receive this, I don't. I don't have to keep preaching to you. You're coming out. You're already out. You're coming out of what? I don't have to preach to them deliverance, man. You're you already. And that nothing you, you, you get what I'm saying. God bless whoever. If that's the but I'm just saying, when I know my position, I know that I'm always not sometime I'm always favored, even when things try to oppose, come against me. I'm always favored. Oh, you hear? But when the goodness, do you see this and? kindness. See, we serve a good God, a kind God. Of our God, our Savior, his love for mankind appeared in human form as the who? let talking about that grace again. He what? Saved us, not because of any works of righteousness that we have done, walk upright, beloved, but because of his own compassion and mercy, I'm showing you the amplify because it's a little bit more colorful. It, that's what it does. It amplifies it. It makes it more clear or lucid. It's not changing what he said. Changing what he said is when it totally says something opposite of what the Lord meant to convey when he, the writer was inspired by the Holy Spirit. He saved us not because of what? any work, Verse 5, any works of righteousness that we have done, but because of his own compassion and mercy. By the cleansing of the new births, that's the spiritual uh, transformation, regeneration, and renewing by Holy Spirit. Verse 6. Whom he poured out, what? Richly upon us through Jesus Christ our Savior so that we would be so that we would be justified made free, hold on, of the, so why is there Sin consciousness. See, you've been made free of the guilt of sin. Why? Because that sacrifice has been paid once and for all by his, here it go, by his compassionate, undeserved grace, and that we would be acknowledged, do you see this, as acceptable to him. How are you before God? No, he, he, we're made acceptable before him. See, that's positionally. So you have to know positionally, daughter, I'm good. And that we would be acknowledged as acceptable to him, made heirs of eternal life. Actually, see, you should be experiencing now. According to our hope, he is guaranteed. Verse 8, this is a faithful and trustworthy saying, and concerning these things, I want, see, see, you can't let religion dumb you down. You can't let reverend them cause you to change your confession when your confession is in line with the word of God. See, this is a faithful and trustworthy saying, and concerning these things, I want you to speak how? With great confidence. Do you see this? With great confidence so that those who have believed God, that is those who have trusted him, relied on and accepted Jesus Christ the Savior, will be careful to what? Participate in doing good and honorable things. Again, when you understand your position and where you are, your practice will correspond, but you have to believe that. Are you here? Uh, Verse 9, but avoid foolish and ill-informed and stupid controversies and genealogies and decisions and quarrels about the law. Again, you you, you have people trying to uh, get, we were not even born under that covenant. So why are you trying to get me to be bound to something that I was not even born under? For they are unprofitable, useless. Ephesians 2, 4 through 9. See, uh, uh, you have to settle the fact that I'm right before God. See, that's where we mess up. We keep looking at what we're still working on, (laughs) what we haven't perfected yet in the sense of what we think we're going to we keep looking son at our shortcomings and since we see ourselves as not being worthy we think God sees us as being unworthy because we're grasshoppers in our own sight since we're significant in our own sight we think God sees us as insignificant. But you're lying to yourself if that's the case. Are you here? But God, being so very rich in mercy because of his great and wonderful love with which he, see, you have to know that he loves me. <laughs> but he chasing those who love me. See, you learn today that, yeah, he educates me through his Word because he loves me. You see that? See, that's what we were taught, so that's why uh oh, some do their children the same way. Uh-oh. Try to beat them into discipline and when they, even some won't even bless their kids uh, if we try to hold them to that same, you're not measuring up. Uh, since you're not making our A's, we ain't buying you anything. See, that see, that's that that Talk to the <laughs> and, and you know, the, the grading can be subjective, Come on, depending on who's doing the grading. That's, right. that's, that's not a true measure of your intelligence, anyway. i, I the kind of test you took. another message. What what verse are we on? Four. what? Okay. Uh, Verse 5. Even when we were spiritually dead, separated from him because of our sins, he made us spiritual life together with Christ for by his grace. His undeserved favor and mercy. You have been So why are you looking for the gavel to come down on your head when you miss it. You've been saved from God's judgment. Okay. Well, I, well, I don't know, Rev. Romans 5, 9. We'll come back to verse 6. A.M.P.C. Let me show you something. Let the word be established in the mouths of two or three witnesses. I'm almost there, guys. There... Uh, Therefore, since we are now justified, acquitted, made righteous. See, your position, Minister K, is you are now in right relationship with God by virtue of Jesus. So positionally, I am in right standing. You have to believe that. Therefore, since we are now justified, acquitted, made righteous, and brought into right relationship with God by Christ's blood, how much more certain is it that we shall be? Sa- look, look, he's not talking about being saved over yonder. There's no need to be saved wherever over yonder is. Now, let me tell you what you're going to be judged. You're going to be judged according to the works that you did, the deeds that you did. See, why would you be judged for your sin, man of God, and you've already been forgiven for that? That has been wiped away. Who, can, who see? You, you have to chew that, for, rewind that, and just play it back again. Are you here? How much more certain, it, see, certain is it that we shall be what? Saved from the indignation and wrath of God. God loves you, man. See, God, my desire is that we all just become a grace consciousness body of believers. That See, we're forever mindful of God's undeserved favor. And and see, and it's understanding that that makes you eager to do the right thing. Back to verse 6. And he raised up together, he raised us up together with him uh, when, when we believed and seated us With him, and we know from the Greek, if you want to put it up, uh, the proper translation is that we're seated in him, not with him. That's a big distinction. Let's look at that real quick. Okay. Uh, And he raised us up together and seated us together in the heavenly realms in. See, see, with makes it look like. So when he look, okay, there go, there go, Jesus, Carter. See Carter, that no, he sees Carter in light of being in Christ. So we're in him. You have to believe this. Five more minutes. That time is running. Yeah, y'all must have sped that clock up because it. I don't remember it moving that fast. Verse 7, and he did this, guys, so that in the ages to come, he might clearly show, that, look this, the immeasurable and unsurpassed riches of his grace. See, who wish they would have heard this when you got saved 25 years ago? How much? Some of us wouldn't be in therapy now if we had heard this. And I don't mean that to, to insult the body of Christ, but because of individuals who were unskilled in the word. We, we've handed down some traditions that has done more harm to believers, brother Moore, than good. And he did it so that in the ages to come he might clearly show the immeasurable and unsurpassed riches of his grace and his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus by providing for our redemption. Verse eight: For it is by grace, God's remarkable compassion and favor, drawing you to Christ, that you have been saved. Watch this. Actually, he go up, a third confirmation. Actually, delivered from judgment and given. Eternal life. See, that goes back to what I said earlier. The the word of God tells us that the moment you receive Christ, you have eternal life then. Not there. See, if, if, if I'm not sure that I don't have it until there, see, now my confidence can be shaken. Why? Because I'm not sure. I don't know. See, as a believer, you shouldn't be talking about you're trying to make it to heaven. You should know that your name is already <laughs> written. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, do it from judgment and giving eternal life through faith. And this salvation is not of yourselves, not of your own effort, but is the undeserved gracious gift of God. Not as a result of your works nor your attempts to keep again. We we don't talked about all that keeping the law, so that no one would be able to boast or take credit in any way for a salvation. Just write these verses down. I'm reading while you're writing them down. Romans 1 and 2. Listen to this. and You can put it up, Tam, and, and, and we can bring this in. Therefore, since we have been justified, that is acquitted of sin. Do you see this? Delivered. I'm sorry, declared, see, you are declared blameless before God. See, that is is your position. I am blameless before God. See, again, that sin consciousness, that sin guilt will have you forever trying to get you to keep looking at your shortcomings. See, that's the problem. We're looking at self and not him. Look, let us grasp that fact. See, you have, to, you have to grasp that fact that I'm blameless before God. See, it's hard to, I know, I, I'm not expecting you to say it today with confidence because depending on the nature of, and severity of the religion that's being poured into some of us, we, we, we some are saying it, but I don't see it in your eyes You're like, I'm blameless. <laughs> <laughs> I can see it in the eyes. I'm blameless. But there's that. You know, the eyes are moving all the whole time. I'm blameless. You have to know that. Blameless before God. See, that's your position. So, my practice may not always be where it needs to be, but positionally. And because I know where I am positionally, that makes me eager to practice where my practice corresponds with my position. Who don't understand that? So you're not holy, minister, by what you do. Positionally, you're already holy. And I just live that way because I just want to correspond with my position. But, <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is, Lord, I wish I would have had this 30 years ago. But thank God for what I, you know, we all, we, we, what was good, we keep with anything old. Lord, help us, you know. We're not knocking where we went. God bless everybody, okay. But thank God for greater revelation truths. But let us grasp the fact. We have peace. We have peace. God. See, you have to know, I'm at peace with God. Oh, you and your wife at all. God. Even when my practice is getting right with my boo, my wife. You have to know that I'm still at peace. Even when we haven't spoken in two days. All America married couples dies moving around. Yeah. <laughs> Look, look, it's knowing my place in him that will make me eager that I can't keep going. That third day or whenever, because you understand your position. That's where that enabling power comes in, where your practice is lining up. See, y'all, I'm just trying to, you see, but see, you have to know this. Because if not, you fall into that guilt, condemnation, and it just creates a downward spiral. Okay? So uh, you have to know we have peace of God and a of reconciliation with him through our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One. Verse 2, through him we have also what? Access by faith into this remarkable state of grace in which we firmly and safely and securely stand. I, I, we showed you over the last couple of weeks that word stand there is stand in a figurative sense. It, it literally means steadfast. And we've seen in Colossians that that word steadfast means to be seated. So, though through him we have access by faith into this remarkable grace in which we firmly sit. Or remain steadfast if you don't want to take sit. Same thing. Let us rejoice in our hope. See, here got go that word confidence again. Confidence, assurance of experience and enjoying the glory of our great God, the manifestation of his excellent son. Who got that? Who gets this? And I, I, I think I'm going to stop right there. If I keep giving you more verses, it's, it's going it, to, we'll pick up here next week. But, but listen, beloved. Li- listen. We got, we got to get to the place well, you know what? Let me read one more just to show you that we have to hold fast to this profession. Colossians 1, 21 through 23, real quickly. Notice we kept seeing the word confidence. You have to believe this. You have to so you have to you have to say this and declare it with boldness. Yes, sir. Bold. And let's stop doing this. Let's stop, because when we hear things like this, our mind to go back to what he said. You know what we was taught. So now what you gotta do, you gotta take this truth and use it against what was said but said incorrectly. Yep. <laughs> so you have to know that I'm holy. Uh, whether I have on a dress, ripped jeans, T-shirt, makeup, jewelry, no jewelry, tattoo, no tattoo, I am holy. See, it sounds easy, but some have been told because you're tatted, you're not holy. You're wearing makeup, you're, you're not You're dying your hair, you're not holy. See, the devil is a liar. Regular amp, Tam. And although, and although, and, and although you were at one time what? estranged strange and alienated and hostile minded toward him, practicing in evil things. Yet Christ has now reconciled you to God in the physical body through his death. We've seen a little bit of that in Hebrews in order to present you. Again, holy. here go that word, blameless again, and above reproach. So, how are you presented? See, see, he's presenting you, Mr. Williams, in light of his finished work. He's presenting you in light of where you stand now, as a result of accepting him as his savior. He's not presenting you based upon things that you're working on. He's not presenting you based upon what you haven't matured, the areas you have not matured in yet. He, that's not how you present it. If that was the case, now you're trying to be he's presenting you on your merit. That's the opposite of grace. No, no, it's not on your merit. It's on what he did. <laughs> Yet Christ is not reconciled as to God in his physical body through the death to present us before the Father holy, blames and above reproach. Verse, here we go. And he will do this if you continue in the faith. We know that word literally means to be in agreement, right? So you have to continue in this. So you have to stay in agreement with God. Right? Well grounded, steadfast, and not shifting away from what? The, see, you can't shift away from the confident hope. That is a result of the gospel that you have heard, which was proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and of which gospel I, Paul, and we've seen in Acts that he was the gospel of grace, was made a minister. So you have to continue in this. So you have to stay in agreement. That's why in Hebrews 10, 23, one of the things go to that that he was saying to those who were struggling in this Dual identity, if you would, Judaism and Christianity. He was telling them, you have to hold fast to your profession of faith without wavering. For he who promises faithful, for he is faithful who promised. Do you see this? Okay. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. For he is faithful that promise. So hold fast. Write this down and we're done. Again, what is that word, Minister Williams, Damien? Homologia. is the Greek word homologia. And this is what it means when he says hold fast. It means to what? To say the same or to say together. <laughs> Lay the rest or probably a conclusion embraced by a Common, what do you mean? A conclusion embraced by a common confession. So you lay things to rest by saying the same thing that God has said about that thing. You lay it to rest by saying the same thing that God has said about you. So if He sees you holy, Blameless and above reproach in the midst of your shortcomings and people trying to get you back under something that you were never born under. You have to keep saying the same thing about yourself that God has said about you. It also where did that go to say the same And what we get out of agreement. Is when we say something other than what God has said. And, I, and it's, li- listen, if you keep saying what He said, rest assured your practice will look more and more like your position. Why? Because I believe. <laughs> Come on, let's give a load of hand clap of praise. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to make a donation and support this ministry as we expand the kingdom of God, please visit ShekinahGloryFC.com or download our church app from iTunes App Store or Google Play by searching Shekinah Glory FC and click Give to make your donation.